verse 5, it says this. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. We'll pause there. We'll go slow. Reasonableness. So Sherry brought up the observation. What is that? Jessa brought up this, this verse too. Uh, the word study, mild, gentle. Here's patience. And then here's a big one. Graciousness. You know, you, you read this verse in so many different English translations, and they all have different English words for it. It's a, you know, it's a difficult word to kind of put all in one word. But the essence of this word really is graciousness and gentleness. Now, that's interesting, right? And, and look at where it's in the letter right after verse 4. Rejoice all the time. If, if, now, imagine if you're a Christian, and just think of, let's use Paul as this example right now. He's writing this from jail with joy. What's going to be obviously known to everyone around him? There's this gracious, gentle meekness about it. He must have been the most peculiar prisoner. This guy's locked up again. He was beaten up a bunch of times. And look at him. He's like, is that him singing? Is Paul singing again? And is he, oh, really? Every time a prison guard goes and they get linked and chained up to him, they all of a sudden they come out and look at their face. They're just like, something happened. Let our reasonableness, let the graciousness be known to everyone. And, and when we're, we're rooted in joy, and if you rewind the tape in Philippians, right earlier, in, I think it's chapter 2, he said, no complaining, no grumbling, no disputing. Like, so the people of God, we're, we ought to be known as the most gracious, gentle, meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You look at how Christ lived and walked. Children ran to him. Children don't like play with someone who's all grumpy and nuts all the time, right? But the people of God, we're to be known for our reasonableness. I want people to know the reason for our joy. It's all in Christ. We're not stuck on this life, like chapter 3. I'm not living for all this anymore. This ain't home. I'm a pilgrim. I'm passing through. My joy is secured in a, in a celestial city that is to come, and Jesus is my king. Therefore, come what may and whatever might happen, if we believe these things, our graciousness, our gentleness, it'll be known to everybody. You're going to be that peculiar coworker that just people don't understand why you are just genuinely filled with grace all the time. You're going to be, and I'm God's working on this in me. I, I ought to be the most peculiar surfer in the lineup. I shouldn't be paddling around my chest puffed up and my, my eyes like that as if every wave I deserve. That's wrong. That's sinful. Let our reasonableness be made known to everyone. Remember this, and I said this again and I'll say it again. The gospel crushes all human pride. It destroys it. The people of God aren't not to be peacock people. We, we're filled with grace. Our Lord was filled of grace and truth. If he is your king and you follow him, ought you not to? If he lives and abides in you, that grace ought to overflow. Colossians, I believe, 4, 6, it says towards outsiders, our, our words are to be seasoned with grace. And this is tough. And I think Paul wrote these things because he knew it'd be tough for the church who knows the truth. Honest kind, isn't it hard to be gentle and gracious when you know the truth? When you know the truth, it's such a temptation to just be like, ah, blah, 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 boom, and hit people on the head with a book. 
right? It's so true. And that's why even Paul, I think he, he speaks on this in, in Corinthians, like, careful. Once you think you know something, you know what you ought not know. Don't let this stuff get to your head. Just because now you and I know the truth, we know Christ is the remedy. We have to remain humble and gracious because my brother across the street or my, my neighbor across the street or that person in the lineup or that person in the store who's treating me a certain way, they don't know, they don't see. And yet they should get a grace from me that they don't deserve because I received the grace from God I did not deserve. These are things that ought to be made so obvious and known among the people of God. God help us. And maybe you're sitting there and you're seeing like, man, I suck at graciousness and I am not good at gentleness. I am just ferocious and not meek. Hey, rewind the tape. Paul says, I'm not perfect. I've never obtained these things yet. But what does he do? One thing I do, I press on. And you take hold of it. Don't slum down in self-defeat and call it quits. No, you are in sanctification process just like me. And we will press on towards these character traits because Christ already obtained us. He who began a good work, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he's going to carry it on to completion. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. We are to be known for our graciousness. Right, Philippians 2, 14 to 15 Instead of grumbling and disputing, don't do that. And then we shine like stars in this world. Everyone's going to know it. What are you known as in your spheres of community right now? Full of grace and gentleness? God help us. Let's keep going. Good verse. Oh, man, these verses. I love these verses. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Just pause. That's a lot of meat right there. The Lord is at hand. What does that mean? He's near. He's ready. At hand. It's like right now this Bible is at hand. I can grab it. I can access it. Joni's not at hand for me right now. She's too far. I can't just possess it. Something, oh, I didn't even know this flag is here. But yeah, this is almost at hand. At hand, it's like right there within a grasp. He's near. This is important. The nearness of God. Why is this so important? Because it's actually the remedy to the next phrase. How to not be anxious. An awareness of his presence brings peace. An awareness of his presence brings peace. The opposite of anxiety. Uh, I was surfing the other day, and um, I like to park, and I have to paddle through a pier to get to the other side, and then I hop over the wall, and I keep paddling out. And I was paddling next to a buddy of mine, and we we're talking and paddling, and I just asked, I was like, hey, honest kind, whenever you paddle through the canal and you're by yourself, and he was like, oh, you're scared all the time, all the time. Like, they always imagine, like, some jaws just boom, and then you're just gone, and nobody knows, you know, because it's, it's just deep blue uh, as you're paddling through the pier. But, you know, it's crazy because when someone else is paddling there next to you, it's interesting how that, that anxiety kind of just simmers, right? Sometimes when I started diving with Khalil and he started getting good, he's, he's, he's getting, he's gotten a lot better now. But what's, what's hard with that is when you get better, you get more uh, brave. And when you get more brave, you just venture. And when you venture, when you're diving with partners, you get split up. And there's been a couple of times when we go out and I turn around and, oh, 
and I look back and I look forward and I look down, look around and I just, I kick up to the surface. I'm like, looking for any little snorkel or whatever. And I just, I feel just lost at sea. And I don't know. And then all of a sudden I turn around and then there he is, you know, he holds that fish up. i like, did you ever do that again? You know, but it, there's this sense of when you're not, when you're alone, and anxiety creeps in on you. It's, it's a natural thing. Paul says, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. What are we anxious about tonight? You know what's the remedy? The Lord is at hand. It's in the moments of life when you and I fail to realize that. You don't see him or you don't believe he's at hand. You don't believe he'd come through. You don't see him there is when you start to be filled with anxiety, troubled with cares. The, the, the presence of God is something you need to pray and ask God to help you see. It's a supernatural thing. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, with confidence now, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Psalm 46, verse 1. Actually, I want us to turn to this one. Go to Psalms. I'm going to try to do a little bit more turning tonight. I realize in the past few weeks we haven't turned much, but... Um, I want you to see it with your own eyes. We're talking about the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious. So much of our anxiety comes because we don't realize he's at hand or that he's present. Psalm 46, verse 1, it says this, God is our refuge and strength. Now look at this. A very what? Present help. Not a distant help. Not a help that's far. He's near. He's at hand. A present help in what trouble? Therefore, verse 2, we will not what? Don't fear. What was the remedy of anxiety? Verse 1, the Lord is present. Very present. And look at this. Though the earth gives way, your world's fallen apart, it seems. Or maybe it is. The mountains be moved into the heart of the, of the sea. Things in your life that you thought was just so secure and stable. That relationship, that job, that reputation, whatever. The mountains in your life. The things that you just relied on. Immovable. No way this could happen. No way this could change. 2020 has taught us to think otherwise, yes? Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains tremble at its swelling, regardless of how intimidating the situation looks. I don't know if you've been out in big surf when it's too big for you and the, the, the waves are foaming and raging. You freak out. Verse 4. Well, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, a holy habitation of the Most High. Oh, I love that. There's a river. Who makes the people joyful? Who's that river? Jesus speaks of a river, John 4. I'll cause a river to 
well up within you. Isaiah Revelation calls us to the river. Jesus is that river, man. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dies. Now look at this, verse 6. When the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Rules and governments just shaky and flaky and they're tottering and they're, they're raging at each other. Psalm 2, they're raging at the anointed one. Look at this, the Lord. He utters his voice and the earth melts. That's a powerful God. He just utters his voice. This is done. The Lord of hosts is with us. Look at what the psalmist is doing. Verse 1, he's present. Verse 7, he's with us. Amidst all this that's happening, come what may. Verse 2, we don't fear. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Verse 9, he makes wars seize to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. This is our God. He tells coronavirus when it's done, and it's done. At the sound of his voice, it's done. Rumors of war happening. He lets wars come. He tells wars to stop. He's that sovereign. And that God is with you. That God is ever-present to help you. So why are you freaking out, man? The next verse. Be still. Be still. You're feeling that anxiety well up? The anxiousness, you're getting nervous about this circumstance or that or what's going to happen next or what are you going to see on the news next? You're freaking out. You're, start, you're tempted to just like, ah, be still. Take a breath. Just breathe. And know. Know what? I am God. Just stop. Chris, chill out. I'm God. And I'm here. And I'm with you. And never left you. Because I'm faithful. And I am almighty God. Look at this. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He says it one more time. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Go back to Philippians 4. The question is, is are you aware? Do you see? Do you believe he is at hand? It will do us good to learn the art of being still. But not just stilling yourself to clear your mind. You're stilling yourself to know who's God and who's sovereign and who's in control. Even while the nations rage and kingdoms totter, they're not really in control. God is. And you're his child. You're a citizen of that kingdom if you're found in Christ. This all comes back to that defining reality. Is Christ in you and are you in him?
Because outside of Christ, you have no confidence, no rock to stand on. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. I don't know about you, but that's good news, man. Just give you some other verses. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, There will be perfect peace for the mind that stays on you. Perfect peace. You just be still. No. The Lord is at hand. But in everything, instead of being anxious about anything, you in everything, and I love that Bree got all giddy at this verse, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving you let your requests be made known to god okay we're going to pick at this slowly in everything that literally means everything <laughs> everything we know this verse those of us who grew up in church proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your what own understanding but in what all your ways acknowledge him Everything. See, an awareness of his presence doesn't just bring peace. It ought to bring you to the place of prayer. You see what he says? Everything by prayer. Supplication. That's a request. You're, 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 you're bringing your request. You're pouring out your heart to God. I don't know about you. I love prayer. You take prayer from my life, I'm dead. I got no connection with my Savior, and I need it. I need, think about this. Think about this. If you believe in the presence and you see the presence of God, you will be the most prayerful person you know. If I'm trying to carry a 100-pound box right over here, and I'm, I'm struggling, and, then, and Dylan's right next to me, what am I going to do? Unless I'm prideful, I'm going, you need help? No, I do it. I do it. You know, like, you know, private people don't ask, or I'm just going to act like he's not there, or I'm not going to ask Dylan because I don't think he can help. I'm just going to, no, I good, I good, I good, cause I good and I, I walk by him. No, but if I'm struggling and I need a hand, what do I do? I'm going to ask. I'm going to, hey, dude, can you help me? He's, you're right there. Now think about this. You and I, we walk through this life, and there's so much burdens that we carry. There's so much things we stress out about and then we freak out about and we let overwhelm us so much so to the point of we almost want to quit or do something worse. And he was right there. He was ever present. He was always there. And not only that, he is able. You have a God who's able. And you never ask. James speaks on this. He says, you have not because you don't even ask. An awareness of his presence ought to make the people of God the most prayerful people in the world. You, you know how passionate your Lord, our Lord, was with prayer? Matthew 21, verse 13, it says, It is written, my house, my house, my church, this is what they're going to be called, a house of prayer. And you know, the one time our Lord on the earth got so passionate to the point of getting violent and flipping tables, making whips, John chapter 2, and just get out of here, was when the people of God were P-R-E-Y, praying on other people, not praying, P-R-A-Y, to God. They turned this thing called church into something totally else, not a place where you come and make your request to God and connect with your Lord. It's a business now. It's something else. It's a works-based faith now. 
come here, let me tell you how to get better. And on the meantime, let me juice you from your money or whatever. That's what it's turned into. And this irked our Lord, not just irked, passionately fired him up. And you know what's crazy? That's our Lord. He, Luke 5, 16, often withdrew to what? To pray. Mark 1, 35, he woke up early in the morning while it was still dark and set out to that place to get before his father and pray. And we're Christians, right? Why don't we pray? Or why don't we have an attitude towards prayer the way our Lord does? God help us. God help us. The Lord is at hand. He's right there. But we don't ask. Your prayerlessness, my prayerlessness reveals a lot. One, it'll reveal how prideful you are because prideful people don't pray. Prideful people don't ask for help. Prideful people are self-sufficient. That's why Paul is so not prideful anymore in his letters. I am nothing. I boast in nothing. Just Christ. And I pray all the time. And he writes in all his letters to the churches, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Or it reveals like if I was walking by Dylan with a huge heavy box and if I don't ask him for help, it's because I don't think he can help. It would make me, you know, it, made me, it would reveal what I think about Dylan. God help us. Maybe our prayerlessness reveals what we think about him. Your prayer life is just throwing up a wishful thought. You cross your fingers, but you don't really think God would move. When James says the prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. Second Chronicles 7.14, right? You guys were showing me this a few months ago. It was going viral. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will forgive them of their sins and heal their land. Question, how many people stopped, dropped on their knees and prayed when that thing went viral? But we got to break that verse down carefully. If my people, called by my name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if the Christian, if the church, if the elect chosen people of God humble themselves, this prayer doesn't happen unless you humble yourself. We need to humble ourselves this evening. We need to. It needs to start with us. Recognize your pride. And I'm doing this myself. Recognize my pride and my prayerlessness. I was just telling Pastor Johnny and Pastor Bob earlier this week, I was like, I, I need prayer, man. Pray for me. I feel like I'm losing my prayerfulness. I know there was times in my life I was just more prayerful than I am now. And I don't know what's happening. I'm just scared I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall from that. I'm not, I'm not going to have bruises on my knees anymore. Pray for me. We need to humble ourselves and pray and turn and seek. And then he will forgive and heal our land. Do we believe that can happen in America? Do we believe that can happen in our community right here in Uwanu? Do you believe that can happen in your home, your house? Some of you have family dramas that you're coming from. And you just, the last thought you can think in your mind is a redeemed household. No way. I often tell people, just imagine worshiping with your family. Imagine worshiping here with your mom, your dad, your sister, your uncle, your auntie. Just imagine that. You don't think that's possible? Humble yourself. Pray your knees off. See what the Lord does.
But it all comes back. Do we see him there? Do we believe? <laughs> but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now look at this. With thanksgiving. That is an interesting word right there. When you think of thanksgiving, when, Kiki, children, when do you say thank you? After what? When do, when, when do you say thank you? Never, yeah, no, 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 always, just thank you, thank you, no. Someone gets the door for you. Thank you. You know, someone gives you something to eat. They bring you your juice, your crackers or whatever, you know, like, thank you. Thankfulness, thanksgiving is, is directly connected with a deed, something that's done. Wait, what? Yeah. So when we pray, but if you pray with thanksgiving, it reveals a faith that believes it's done. That's crazy to me. But what was done when Christ hung on that cross? It is finished. It's done. Sin, death, it's done. That's why I love praying. That's why I love being on, this, on his side. He wins. I will be exalted among the nations. That's what the psalmist said. He will. Earlier in this book, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Every soul in this room, one day you will realize he is Lord. And you will bow. And you will worship. And you'll tremble. We all will. And we'll see him for who he truly is. The question is, will it be too late at that time? Or do we believe this and we practice it now? That's the church. As we wait. To be prayerful with thanksgiving isn't that's a huge statement of faith to our lord not only that he has already finished the work but we believe he's still at work and he's moving and so when we pray we pray with thanksgiving and it reads on let your requests be made known to god not that god doesn't know <laughs> right in matthew it says he knows before we even ask, right? But we let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's just, you know, so what does he mean? Let your requests be made known to God. Well, I think there's just a, there's a beautiful thing that happens in that transaction. You, you ever just, you ever had a day? I, I, I talked to some of you before service tonight, and I just, how's your day? And you just, Bah! But then after that, there's this sense, you pour your heart out and you just, you just let the request be made known. And then there's this sense of what? What happens? There's a therapy. There's a relief. There's, a, there's an intimacy that just happened between us because you poured out your heart. You let it be made known before me. God wants that with us. This is why I love prayer. For those of you who've known me for some time, I could preach on prayer forever. There's something beautiful that God allows us to let our requests be made known to him. Not that he just, he doesn't know. Oh, okay, Chris, I didn't, I didn't, I never know that you're struggling like that. Oh, thanks for letting me know, cuz. You know, that's not how it is. He knows. 
He knows exactly what's going on in my heart. But he knows this, that there's a blessing and a gift when I go to my father and I say, Daddy, I'm sorry. I think this. I feel this. God, I, I need help. I want this. I'm, I'm struggling with this. And there's this connection that happens. If you don't pray like this, you're missing out. You're so missing out on the joys of Christ. One of the grateful things I am with prayers is that I can vent to my God and he hears me. And I can go to him and let my requests be made known. And this is God now. You don't need to hear me. You need to take time to listen to me. But because I'm found in Christ and I'm his son, I have this connection. I can go with confidence to my maker and let my requests be made known. And there's something beautiful that happens when we do this. A peace of God that surpasses understanding. You can come to me tonight and get prayer after this, and you'll have a temporary relief because you vented to a human. But if I can help us direct ourselves to letting our requests be made known to God, a God who's able, because you might tell, oh, auntie has cancer or so-and-so, has this, or I lost my job, I've been unemployment, I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I, I don't have a place to live. And you'll let that request be made known to me. And I, I, in and of myself, I can't do anything. I'm human. By God's grace, I'll let his love flow through me as best as I can. But when you go to a God who's able, a God who's present, there's this peace. This sounds a lot like when Jesus talked about anxiety and worry in Matthew chapter 6, right? Don't be anxious. Stop worrying about your life, what you can eat, drink, wear. But what does he do? He keeps pointing God. Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. You see them? They need, they need their labor, toil, or spin. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more are you? It's Hey, son, look at the field. You see the, the lilies, the flowers. You see all that, how they're just beautifully arrayed and just God closed them. How much more you? He redirects us to God. That's, the Lord is at hand. I am certain that there's been a season or maybe you're in it right now where you were just so filled with anxiety and stress that you maybe couldn't even move or think. You didn't know what to do. You just could, at moments you feel paralyzed. This is huge for our souls tonight. The Lord is at hand. God is our ever-present help. The God of Jacob is with us. And we make our requests known to him. And this peace of God that surpasses understanding, that is insane to me. You and I, we have a capacity of knowledge and understanding. We're growing in our knowledge all the time. But you hit a limit where you look at a circumstance, you look at a situation, you look at your life, you look around you, and there's things you see, there's things you hear, and you're just like, I don't get it. Why is this happening? Or I don't understand how this is going to end. Or I don't know what's going to happen then. You, you know, and you just stuck. But this piece, it keeps going. Where your mind stops, this piece rises above it. That's incredible to me. I want that peace. I've been pleading for it, begging for it, this whole journey with Christ. This verse has ministered to me in seasons and ways in my life. I just can't express how I love this verse so much. Because in every and any situation and circumstance in your life, 
but you just don't see how it works out. There's a peace that surpasses understanding. And look at this. It guards two things. It protects, it defends what? The heart and the mind. You know what's suffering the most right now in our land? It's not so much the physical infection or disease. It's the heart and mind. It's the inner man. This is why the psalmist says, you desire truth in the inner part. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. This in here is what lasts forever. We are so consumed with the external and the temporary and the outer that we're willing to go above and beyond to protect this. Church is so essential right now. The word of God is so essential for you. Prayer, community, coming together, worshiping your maker. These are things that guard the heart and mind. And we need to keep pressing in. As you pour out your heart and minds to God, it's an amazing thing what he does. He protects it. His peace guards it. And look at this. Paul is very keen to always put these, this phrase in. In Christ Jesus. That is an action-packed phrase that you must never throw out. That's why when you pray, we say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We don't just pray to God undefined and hope that we feel at, at ease. Pray to a person, the man, God, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again. And he's coming. Our king is coming. Our king is coming. And I find peace and rest in that man. My heart's secure. My mind's secure. Therefore, that's why now Paul finishes the way he finishes. He speaks hard to this church. All right. Now that you're here with me, think about these things. You pour your heart out to God. You pour your heart and soul and your mind out to the Lord. Let all your requests, just empty it all out. And if you don't have that tonight, I'm begging you, go get it. You're not going to accidentally pray. There's some young men in this room that I've prayed with for a season. We would wrestle together every single week, praying and praying and praying. And, and, I, and I always tell them this, and I'll tell them again, you're not going to accidentally pray, man. It just accidentally happen. You don't just say, oh, whoops, I'm praying. Woo. No, you have to do it. You got to intentionally go, get on your knees, get on your face, get alone in a closet and pray to God. You make it happen. You go, you make, just go. Or else this peace and all this kind of stuff that Paul's talking about, foreign. You'll never taste it. You'll never know it. You'll always be anxious. You'll always be stressed. You'll always freak out. That's not the way God wants his people to live. But as you pour yourself out, Paul now says, this is what you fill yourself with. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever's true, I'm going to read through it and then we'll rewind. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Think about these things. Think about it. I told you Paul would be a rapper. He's just spitting right now. It's flowing. Whatever is true. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17, 17, your word is truth. Psalm 18, verse 20, the God, his way is perfect, and his word is true. Whatever's true. Whatever's honorable. Revelation 4, 11, worthy are you, O Lord God, receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God is honorable. Whatever is just, Romans 3, 26, it was God to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier. He's speaking of Christ, our righteousness. God is just. Whatever is pure, Hebrews 4, 15, we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in whom every respect has been tempted, yet as we are, yet he never sinned. He's pure. Lovely. 1 John 4, 8, God is love, commendable. Hebrews 13, 15, let, him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips and acknowledge his name. He is commendable. He is worthy of praise. Revelations 5, 12 to 13, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. He is worthy of all praise. Skipped one. He's excellent. First Peter 2.9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. Paul says, think of these things. Think of these things, the attributes of God. Think of him. And yes, there's a lot of other amazing things in this life that are pictures and images of true just, honorable. You know, you see your mom and dad and they say, I love you. Children, you see that? That is honorable. Think of that. I heard, we heard, of, a, I heard of a church in California who just won a court case against, you know, the government because they took a stand and they ruled in favor of the church. And I was like, yes, that is just. Think of these things. Don't think of the things of the earth, the temporary things. Colossians 3. Set your mind on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Things above. You want to go back to anxiety and stress and freaking out? That's easy. Just, just think of the things of the earth. That's it. <laughs> just think of this. Just think of all the... Don't think of truth. Think of false stuff. Don't think of honorable stuff. Think of dishonorable things. Dirty things. 
Yeah, go watch that at 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, go keep, keep, keep playing with all those dirty movies. You want to go plunge yourself back into anxiety and stress and lostness? Easy, just think of those things. No, we think of these things. The attributes of Christ, the things of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. There's something Satan's after, and it's your heart and mind. Paul knows this. That's why he says to the church in Colossae, think of things above. He says to the Philippian church, think of these things. He says to the, book, to the church in Rome, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? How do you repent? How do, how do you start thinking right? Well, you got to put new information. You need new knowledge. You need true knowledge. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? And what are you deeming as truth? This is how we renew our minds and not conform. It's so easy to just conform to the patterns of this world and just kind of go with the flow of society and just do whatever everyone says to do. You read through the book of Judges, that's what they did. Israel just did what is right in their own eyes. Just, okay. Now is the time, Christian, for us to think critically and to think soberly, to think clearly. I am having so much fun talking with so much of you. We, we, you know, you're questioning certain things in a very good way, not, not in an arrogant attitude. You're just, is this true? Is this right? Is this teacher teaching the right things? Are these songs singing the right things? And even, even in, 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 just, in just life in general, in, in the political realm, in all these kind of things, you're just seeing stuff that's happening, and you just, I just want to know how to think. And it's not that like I or we have all the answers, but we have the word of God, which God gave us, and Peter says, it's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So we make every effort to understand this book. We don't need young men and women who just smile and nod. We need young men and women of God who stand firm on this book and say, is it written? Show me. Think of these things. We must renew our mind. We must come back to the book. Get in it and get in it together. It's so fun to talk Bible with brothers and sisters. Lastly, what you have learned, remember this is the end of the book. So think of everything from chapter one to live as Christ, chapter two, the humility of Christ, chapter three, righteousness by faith in Christ what you have learned and received and heard, and you've seen it in me. Remember he said this? I'm very, follow me, I'm an example. Timothy, Epaphroditus, you, you, see, you see this, right? I love that. I hope, I aspire to be such a man where I'm telling you things, but I could say, you see it lived in my life, right? Then he says this, and Jesso highlighted this word, practice these things and the god of peace will be with you practice these things don't just don't just think it 
The kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 4.20, is not just a matter of talk. It's power. The book of James, he says, don't just say you believe. Don't just call yourself Christian. Do something. Let me read it. James 2, verse 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but you don't got works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says, oh, go in peace, be warm and filled, and then you don't give them anything needed for their body, what good is that? What good is it for me to say I love you, and then when it really counts, I don't come through? Oh, really? Oh, oh, sorry, I don't have time. Is that the faith that we need? And then he says this. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's mocking. That's what it says right there. You look it up in the word study. It's, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And then James says this, I'll show you my faith by my works. You hear that? I'll show you my faith by more. Actions follow your beliefs. Actions follow your beliefs. That's what practicing is. You do it. Do something. Don't just read and think and think and think. Get on the field and love somebody. Share Christ with someone. Get, get, find that place and get to your knees. Don't just think about praying. Oh, man, I, I should have prayed today. No, pray. Go. I'm so feeling so anxious about this situation. Okay, we should pray. I know, I know we should pray. But, but you know, no, okay, go pray. Do something. Practice these things. And then it says, and I love this part, and the God of peace will be with you. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is Matthew 28. And then what does Jesus promise? Lord, I'm with you always. You want to be with the Lord? You want to experience a greater intimacy in this life with Jesus than you've ever in your life? Then don't just think. Do something. Do something. Respond day in and out, every evening. Even now, you know, we're about, we're getting ready to enter into song and we're going to sing to the king who you believe died for your soul, purchased you by his blood. And the more you think about that, it makes, you, makes me think, I, I, don't, I shouldn't even sing to him standing. I should get on my face. Okay, practice it. Do it. Okay. If I'm really thinking about this and really seeing it and believing it, I, I, I should sing with all my heart. Okay. Do it. We leave this place. You get in the car and you get home. And grumpy sibling or angry parent or whatever comes at you. And in that moment, you're thinking of these things. Oh, man, I, sh- I, I really ought to be gracious and let my reasonableness be made. Oh, you do it. Do it. Run to the bathroom. Pray for your heart. Get out there. And yes, mom, what, what was that? Do something. Practice these things. And it's crazy because then we will begin to see evidence and power of the gospel truly transforming your heart and mind. And when God does it here and here and here, and when we as a church, as a community, start to embody these things, 
It's incredible to see the ripple effect of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It starts right here in this place, though, in your circle, right there in your seat. How are you going to practice these things, Paul says? And I'll be with you. So, with that said, I said earlier that we're going to practice this. Um, when Trev and the peeps come up and they're going to lead us in song, um, I just want us to spend time praying right now, letting our requests be made known to God. And we're going to just do five minutes of this, one minute per subject. And I'm not saying after the five minutes you have to stop. You can keep praying, letting your requests go as we sing and whatnot. This is just going to trigger it. But I want us to spend time, the first minute, personal prayer. Just your inner problems right now, the things that you walked in the room with, the things that were already in your heart and mind as you were sitting through Bible study, that were just, the Spirit of God was just bringing it to the surface. They're real anxieties. Because I don't know what every single person here is anxious about. Exactly to the T. I don't know. God knows. But here's an opportunity for you to make it known to Him. And I want to urge you to pray out loud. I mean, utter it. Utter it in your heart. If, if that's fine, that's what just, but just, let your requests be made known to God. All right? That's, that's all. We're just reading it, and we're going to do it. And then the next minute, we're going to pray for our families or your household, wherever you reside. And if there's souls that reside next to you, there's people in that house, I want you to pray for them. And whatever's going on with them. And then the third minute, we're going to pray for our church. And, I, and just, I'll just leave it at that. Just pray. Pray for your pastors. Pray for the deacons. Pray for the members. Just pray for our church. Help us be ready, Lord. And then we're going to pray for our state, Hawaii, and nation, America. Whatever anxieties and stresses and stuff you got in your heart, when you think of that, we're going to make our request known. We're going to pour it out and let God know even though he already knows, but you need to voice it. And in the last minute, we're going to just pray for the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. This temporary world that's fallen apart because we still got breath and we're still here. So we're going to do that. Five minutes, a minute each. I'll lead us through that. And then we'll sing and we just carry on. So if, uh, we can get the lights and uh, praise team, you guys can go ahead and get ready. And we'll go ahead and begin this extended prayer time. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard the heart and mind in Christ Jesus. This is what we're going to do right now, Lord. So in this next minute or so, let's pray. And pray for yourself. What is going on in your heart and mind? All the anxiety, everything that you're feeling and thinking. Go to God right now and ask him to do something. Go ahead and do that.
Be ready more. I want to be certain. And even in this time of personal prayer, if there are sins that need to be confessed, go ahead and do that. Your eyes range to and fro, looking for whose heart is fully devoted to you. You desire, you said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength. The Lord looks at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. You desire truth in the inner parts, wisdom in the secret heart. So God, have mercy on our hard hearts in this place, Lord. Forgive us if we haven't let our reasonableness, our graciousness, our gentleness be known to people. We repent from that. Forgive us for our anxiety, our wrongful anxiety. Living a life as if you're not there living and acting like you don't exist, having a subtle form of practice of an atheism. Forgive us, Lord. We repent. The Lord is at hand. You never left. You always were there. And we return to you this evening. And we pray that this peace that you said that surpasses understanding would guard us, our hearts and minds, in Christ Jesus. In this next minute, let's pray for our family or our households, wherever you reside. So as the Spirit leads, even if they're in this place, you have family members who are here tonight. Pray for one another. Go ahead and let your requests be made known in this way.
Lord, we pray that every household present tonight would be extremely blessed because there was a house, there was a representative here tonight to worship, to study. Pray for every home, every husband, every wife, every child, every brother, every sister, every uncle, every auntie. Please, God, have mercy on our, on our households, our families. And whatever family matters and issues and dramas and stresses that were thought of this evening and laid at your feet, show up, God, and move. Spend some time praying for our state and our nation. Go ahead and do that. Whatever comes to mind, go ahead and pray state and nation. God, we confess that we don't spend time in prayer as we ought to for our state, um, for our nation. We pray for men and women serving in these capacities to embrace humility. We pray for their integrity. We pray for them to repent in ways that they know they may have sinned and done wrong. We pray that you'd keep us in prayer. God, have mercy, please. Help us to humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways and seek your face. And you said you'd forgive us of our sins and heal our land. God, have mercy. Lastly, we'll pray for the church. 
pray for New Uwanu Baptist. If you are here and you, you're a member of another congregation, pray for your church, not just ours. But this will be our last thing, and then we'll get into worship. May the church always be the salt and light of the earth. We're a city on a hill and we cannot be hidden. We are to be the pillar and the buttress of truth. We, the church that you are building, God, not just Nuuanu, but all local churches around the globe, you build your church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. We're your bride, we're your children. And this is not our home. So come, Lord Jesus. Come. Return. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord. And as we sing now, God, let us lift up our voices and offer up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips. You have ordained praise from infants and children. And if we're silent, the rocks will cry out. God, you are worthy of praise and honor and glory. And so let faith, be exercised now in song. Be pleased, O King, and help us to practice these things and fill us in ways that only you can. Holy Spirit, lead us now in praise, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.